What are the striking similarities in the lives of Mormon and Joseph Smith Jr.? Is it reasonable that the Nephites would choose an inexperienced 16-year-old to lead their entire army? Could the Book of Mormon be considered a racist scripture? Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast. I'm Max. This review covers the lesson plan for Mormon chapters 1 through 6. Please subscribe to be notified of our upcoming videos. For the sake of time, I will not cite all the parallel phrases and words from the New Testament that are in the Book of Mormon text. While it can be argued that some of the parallels are coincidental, most are so strong that it is impossible to not conclude that their true source is from the King James Bible. For a complete transcript of this lesson, please click on the link in the description below. Mormon chapter 1 covers from about AD 321 to about AD 326. A little over 285 years have passed since Jesus appeared to the people of Nephi and established his church among them. The three Nephites are still among these people, but they will eventually be taken away because of the wickedness of the people. For the first time since the Book of the Words of Mormon, which stands between the Book of Omni and Mosiah, Mormon does more than offer editorial comments. This Book of Mormon is his own account of his people's history and events as well as his own life in history. Mormon, chapter 1, verse 1. And now I, Mormon, make a record of the things which I have both seen and heard, and call it the Book of Mormon. Verse 2. The Book of Mormon picks up where fourth Nephi leaves off. And about the time that Amaron hid up the records unto the Lord, he came unto me, I being about ten years of age. And I began to be learned somewhat after the manner of the learning of my people. And Amaron said unto me, I perceive that thou art a sober child, and art quick to observe. Remember, Amaron was the grandson of Nephi, who was the head disciple of Christ. He is giving instructions to this ten-year-old boy concerning the sacred records. The phrase, quote, I perceive that thou art a, is from John 4.19. Mormon, chapter 1, verses 3-7. through seven. Therefore, when ye are about twenty and four years old, I would that ye should remember the things that ye have observed concerning this people. And when ye are of that age, go to the land Antum, unto a hill which shall be called Shim. And there have I deposited unto the Lord all the sacred engravings concerning this people. And behold, ye shall take the plates of Nephi unto yourself, and the remainder shall ye leave in the place where they are. And ye shall engrave on the plates of Nephi all the things that ye have observed concerning this people. And I, Mormon, being a descendant of Nephi, and my father's name was Mormon, I remembered the things which Amaron commanded me. And it came to pass that I, being eleven years old, was carried by my father into the land southward, even to the land of Zarahemla. The whole face of the land had become covered with buildings, and the people were as numerous almost as it were the sand of the sea. Verses 8-10 through 10. When Mormon arrived at Zarahemla, the various ethnic groups were in the midst of a war between those classified as Nephites against those classified as Lamanites. Verses 11-12 through 12, More than 30,000 Nephites beat the Lamanite armies, resulting in peace for about four years. Verse 12 In the 1830 edition, page 519, it read, quote, There were no bloodshed, which was changed in later editions to There was no bloodshed. Mormon 1.13 but wickedness did prevail upon the face of the whole land, insomuch that the Lord did take away his beloved disciples, and the work of miracles and of healing did cease, because of the iniquity of the people. God removed three Nephites from these people because of their gross wickedness. Verse 14. 
and there were no gifts from the Lord. And the Holy Ghost did not come upon any because of their wickedness and unbelief. No more miracles and gifts of the Spirit. Verse 15. And I, being fifteen years of age, and being somewhat of a sober mind, therefore I was visited of the Lord, and tasted and knew of the goodness of Jesus. Mormon tells us that he was very mature for his age. Who else in Mormon history was at that age when he was visited of the Lord? That's right, Joseph Smith. There seems to be some close comparisons with the character of Mormon and Joseph Smith Jr. Both were named after their fathers, both had a vision of the Lord as teenagers, Mormon at 15 years of age, and Joseph Smith at 14 years of age. As young men, both were chosen to receive ancient plates of the Nephites, Mormon at 24 years of age, and Joseph Smith at 21 years of age. Both claimed to be prophets of the Lord. Like Mormon was for the Nephites, Joseph Smith was the spiritual and temporal leader for the Latter-day Saints. Verses 16-17 through 17, Young Mormon tried to preach to the people, but the Lord shut his mouth, forbidding him to preach to them because they willfully rebelled against God, and God cursed the land. Verse 16, in the 1830 edition, page 519, it read, quote, And I were forbidden that I should preach. In later editions, it was changed to, And I was forbidden that I should preach. Mormon 1, 18-19 And these Gadianton robbers who were among the Lamanites did infest the land, insomuch that the inhabitants thereof began to hide up their treasures in the earth, and they became slippery, because the Lord had cursed the land, that they could not hold them, nor retain them again. And it came to pass that there were sorceries, and witchcrafts, and magics, and the power of the evil one was wrought upon all the face of the land, even unto the fulfilling of all the words of Abinadi, and also Samuel the Lamanite. Mormon 2. This chapter covers from about AD 327 to AD 350, and 23 times is used the all-familiar phrase, quote, and it came to pass. Mormon 2, verses 1 through 2. And it came to pass in that same year there began to be a war again between the Nephites and the Lamanites. And notwithstanding, I being young, was large in stature. Therefore the people of Nephi appointed me that I should be their leader, or the leader of their armies. Therefore it came to pass that in my sixteenth year I did go forth at the head of an army of the Nephites against the Lamanites. Therefore three hundred and twenty and six years had passed away. A whole nation relies upon the leadership of a 16-year-old boy to lead an army into war. Verses 3-7 through seven. Because the Nephites were afraid of the Lamanite armies, they kept retreating from city to city until they reached the seashore. Mormon 2.8 But behold, the land was filled with robbers and with Lamanites, and notwithstanding the great destruction which hung over my people, they did not repent of their evil doings. Therefore, there was blood and carnage spread throughout all the face of the land. The idea of repenting and turning to God doesn't even enter their minds at this point. Verse 9. And now the Lamanites had a king, and his name was Aaron. And he came against us with an army of forty and four thousand. And behold, I withstood him with forty and two thousand. And it came to pass that I beat him with my army, that he fled before me. And behold, all this was done, and three hundred and thirty years had passed away. The words, quote, I was stood, are in Galatians 2.11, and, quote, all this was done, are in Matthew 1.22. Mormon 2.10. And it came to pass, 
that the Nephites began to repent of their iniquity, and began to cry, even as had been prophesied by Samuel the prophet. For behold, no man could keep that which was his own. For the thieves and the robbers and the murderers and the magic art and the witchcraft which was in the land. Verses 11 through 13. The Nephites began to mourn and lament before the Lord, which made Mormon think there was still time for them to repent. But Mormon realized they were not sorry for their wickedness. Mormon 2, 14 through 15. And they did not come unto Jesus with broken hearts and contrite spirits, but they did curse God and wish to die. Nevertheless, they would struggle with the sword for their lives. And it came to pass that my sorrow did return unto me again, and I saw that the day of grace was past with them, both temporally and spiritually. For I saw thousands of them hewn down in open rebellion against their God, and heaped up as dung upon the face of the land. And thus three hundred and forty and four years had passed away. Verses 16 through 17. In A.D. 345, the Nephites were chased by the Lamanites to the land where Amaron hid the plates. So, since Mormon was in the neighborhood, he decided to go to the hill of Shem and dig them up and start engraving. Verse 18 speaking of the large plates of Nephi. And upon the plates of Nephi I did make a full account of all the wickedness and abominations. Then, speaking of Mormon's abridgment, But upon these plates I did forbear to make a full account of their wickedness and abominations, for behold, a continual scene of wickedness and abominations has been before mine eyes ever since I have been sufficient to behold the ways of man. Verse 19. Mormon is confident that at least he will be lifted up at the last day. Perhaps he had his calling and election made sure. Verses 20 through 22. The Lamanites pursued the Nephites to the land of Shem. Verse 23. Next, Mormon rallies up the people to stand up and fight the Lamanites. And it came to pass that I did speak unto my people and did urge them with great energy that they would stand boldly before the Lamanites and fight for their wives and their children and their houses and their homes. Verses 24 through 26. Mormon's words did not arouse the Nephites to fight the Lamanites. And even though they were outnumbered, the Nephites prevailed in driving away the Lamanites. Mormon 2.27. And my heart did sorrow because of this, the great calamity of my people, because of their wickedness and their abominations. But behold, we did go forth against the Lamanites and the robbers of Gadianton until we had again taken possession of the lands of our inheritance. Verses 28 through 29. By the end of A.D. 350, the land dispute was settled. A treaty by the Nephites was signed with the Lamanites and the robbers of Gadianton. The Nephites got the land northward and the Lamanites got the land southward. Would those be North America and South America? Mormon chapter 3 verse 1. There was ten years of peace as the Nephites prepared for the time of battle. Mormon 3, 2-3. And it came to pass that the Lord did say unto me, Cry unto this people, Repent ye, and come unto me, and be ye baptized, and build up again my church, and ye shall be spared. And I did cry unto this people, but it was in vain, and they did not realize that it was the Lord that had spared them and granted unto them a chance for repentance. And behold, they did harden their hearts against the Lord their God. The words, quote, that it was the Lord, are in John 21, 12. Mormon 3, 4-6. It was the year AD 360, 
and the king of the Lamanites sent an epistle warning the Nephites that they were coming to battle. So Mormon gathered his people at the land desolation and fortified themselves there. Verse 4, the words quote and epistle are in 1 Corinthians 5.9. Verses 7-8, through twice the Lamanites attacked, but they were beaten back by the Nephites. Mormon 3, 9-10. And now because of this great thing which my people, the Nephites, had done, they began to boast in their own strength, and began to swear before the heavens that they would avenge themselves of the blood of their brethren who had been slain by their enemies. And they did swear by the heavens and also by the throne of God that they would go up to battle against their enemies and would cut them off from the face of the land. Verse 11. At that point, Mormon refused to be their commander and leader. Verse 12. Behold, I had led them, notwithstanding their wickedness, I had led them many times to battle, and had loved them, according to the love of God which was in me, with all my heart, and my soul had been poured out in prayer unto my God all the day long for them. Nevertheless, it was without faith, because of the hardness of their hearts. The words, quote, the love of God, are in Luke 11.42, and, quote, without faith, are in Mormon 3.12. Mormon 3.14 And when they had sworn by all that had been forbidden them by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that they would go up unto their enemies to battle and avenge themselves of the blood of their brethren, behold, the voice of the Lord came unto me, saying, The phrase, quote, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is in 2 Peter 3.18, and, quote, the voice of the Lord came unto is in Acts 7.31. Mormon 3, verses 15 through 16 Vengeance is mine, and I will repay. And because this people repented not after I had delivered them, behold, they shall be cut off from the face of the earth. And it came to pass that I utterly refused to go up against mine enemies, and I did even as the Lord had commanded me, and I did stand as an idle witness to manifest unto the world the things which I saw and heard, according to the manifestations of the Spirit which had testified of things to come. Mormon 3, 17-18 Next, Mormon writes to all those to whom the Book of Mormon will eventually come, warning that all will be accountable. Therefore I write unto you, Gentiles, and also unto you, house of Israel, when the work shall commence, that ye shall be about to prepare to return to the land of your inheritance. Yea, behold, I write unto all the ends of the earth, yea, unto you twelve tribes of Israel, who shall be judged according to your works by the twelve whom Jesus chose to be his disciples in the land of Jerusalem. Verse 19, speaking of the Lamanites, And I write also unto the remnant of this people, who shall also be judged by the twelve whom Jesus chose in this land, and they shall be judged by the other twelve whom Jesus chose in the land of Jerusalem. Mormon is describing a whole hierarchy of judges. Verse 20, Mormon summarizes the purpose for his writing to all people. And these things doth the Spirit manifest unto me. Therefore I write unto you all, and for this cause I write unto you, that ye may know that ye must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, yea, every soul who belongs to the whole human family of Adam, and ye must stand to be judged of your works, whether they be good or evil. The words, quote, good or evil, are in Romans 9.11. Mormon 3.21. And also that ye may believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, which ye shall have among you. And also that the Jews, the covenant people of the Lord, shall have other witness besides him whom they saw and heard, that Jesus whom they slew was the very Christ and the very God. 
He says that Jesus is the very God. The phrase, quote, the gospel of Jesus Christ is in Mark 1.1, and, quote, the very God is in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Mormon 3.22. And I would that I could persuade all ye ends of the earth to repent and prepare to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Mormon chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. In the year A.D. 363, the Nephites attacked the Lamanites but were driven back. The Lamanites took the city of desolation after killing many Nephites and taking them prisoners. The remainder fled to the city of Teancum. It was because the Nephites were the aggressors that they were defeated. Verse 5. But behold, the judgments of God will overtake the wicked, and it is by the wicked that the wicked are punished. For it is the wicked that stir up the hearts of the children of men unto bloodshed. Verses 6-10. through 10. The Nephites boasted in their own strength. Thousands on both sides had been killed. The Nephites still refused to repent and remained wicked. Verse 8. In the 1830 edition, page 525, it read, quote, Boast of their strength, omitting the word own, which was added in later editions to read, quote, Boast of their own strength. Mormon 4.11 and it is impossible for the tongue to describe or for man to write a perfect description of the horrible scene of the blood and carnage which was among the people, both of the Nephites and of the Lamanites. And every heart was hardened, so that they delighted in the shedding of blood continually. The phrase, quote, it is impossible, is in Mark 10.27. And, quote, shedding of blood is from Hebrews 9.22. Mormon 4.12. And there never had been so great wickedness among all the children of Lehi, nor even among all the house of Israel, according to the words of the Lord, as was among this people. Verses 13-14 The Lamanites took possession of the city Desolation. Then they overtook the city Teancum. They captured many Nephite prisoners and sacrificed both women and children to their idol gods. Verses 15-16 in retaliation, the angry Nephites fought the Lamanites and drove them out of their lands. This would be the last Nephite victory over the Lamanites in the Book of Mormon record. Verse 17. In the year A.D. 375, the Lamanites came down against the Nephites. Mormon 4.18. And from this time forth did the Nephites gain no power over the Lamanites, but began to be swept off by them, even as a dew before the sun. Verse 19, the Lamanites came to the city of Desolation and defeated the Nephites there. Verse 20, the Nephites fled to the city Boaz, where they took a stand against the Lamanites. In the 1830 edition, page 526, it read, quote, City Beaz, which spelling was corrected in later editions to read, quote, City Boaz. Mormon 4.21 And when they had come the second time, the Nephites were driven and slaughtered with an exceedingly great slaughter. Their women and their children were again sacrificed unto idols. Verse 22, the Nephite inhabitants of all towns and villages fled from the Lamanites. Mormon 4.23 And now I, Mormon, seeing that the Lamanites were about to overthrow the land, therefore I did go to the hill Shim, and did take up all the records which Ammaron had hid up unto the Lord. Mormon recognizes as his top priority the preservation of the records. Mormon is about 64 years of age. Mormon Chapter 5 Up until 2010, the summary heading for Chapter 5 read, quote, 
Mormon again leads the Nephite army in battles of blood and carnage. The Book of Mormon shall come forth to convince all Israel that Jesus is the Christ. The Lamanites shall be a dark, filthy, and loathsome people. They shall receive the gospel from the Gentiles in the latter days. In order to not sound so racist, on December 17, 2010, the LDS Church revised the official summary to read, Mormon again leads the Nephite armies in battles of blood and carnage. The Book of Mormon will come forth to convince all Israel that Jesus is the Christ. Because of their unbelief, the Lamanites will be scattered and the Spirit will cease to strive with them. They will receive the gospel from the Gentiles in the latter days, about A.D. 375 through 384. No mention of the Lamanites being dark, filthy, and loathsome. Mormon 5 verses 1 through 2. And it came to pass that I did go forth among the Nephites, and did repent of the oath which I had made, that I would no more assist them. And they gave me command again of their armies, for they looked upon me as though I could deliver them from their afflictions. But behold, I was without hope, for I knew the judgments of the Lord which should come upon them. For they repented not of their iniquities, but did struggle for their lives without calling upon that being who created them. Verses 3-5 through The Lamanites continue to pursue the Nephites, destroying their cities and villages with fire. Mormon 5-6 And it came to pass that in the 380th year the Lamanites did come again against us to battle, and we did stand against them boldly, but it was all in vain. For so great were their numbers that they did tread the people of the Nephites under their feet. Verse 7 Those who couldn't outrun the Lamanites were killed. Verses 8-9 through And now behold, I, Mormon, do not desire to harrow up the souls of men in casting before them such an awful scene of blood and carnage as was laid before mine eyes. But I, knowing that these things must surely be made known, and that all things which are hid must be revealed upon the housetops, and also that a knowledge of these things must come unto the remnant of these people, and also unto the Gentiles, who the Lord hath said should scatter this people, and this people should be counted as naught among them. Therefore I write a small abridgment, daring not to give a full account of the things which I have seen because of the commandment which I have received, and also that ye might not have too great sorrow because of the wickedness of this people. Mormon doesn't want to be too graphic for fear of causing the reader too much pain. Verses 10-11 through And now behold, this I speak unto their seed and also to the Gentiles who have care for the house of Israel, that realize and know from whence their blessings come. For I know that such will sorrow for the calamity of the house of Israel. Yea, they will sorrow for the destruction of this people. They will sorrow that this people had not repented, that they might have been clasped in the arms of Jesus. Verse 12, speaking of the Book of Mormon written on gold plates. Now these things are written unto the remnant of the house of Jacob, and they are written after this manner, because it is known of God that wickedness will not bring them forth unto them, and they are to be hid up unto the Lord, that they may come forth in his own due time. To be buried in Hill Cumorah until they are given to Joseph Smith. The words, quote, know of God, are in Galatians 4.9. Mormon 5.13 And this is the commandment which I have received. And behold, they shall come forth according to the commandment of the Lord, when he shall see fit in his wisdom. The phrase, quote, this is the commandment, is in 2 John 1, 6. Verse 14, 
Next, Mormon informs the reader that the day will come when the Jews also will have and believe the Book of Mormon. And behold, they shall go unto the unbelieving of the Jews, and for this intent shall they go, that they may be persuaded that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that the Father may bring about through His most beloved His great and eternal purpose in restoring the Jews, or all the house of Israel, to the land of their inheritance, which the Lord their God hath given them, unto the fulfilling of his covenant. The phrase, quote, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of, is taken from John twenty thirty one, Mormon 5.15. Now speaking of the descendants of the Lamanites, the American Indians, and also that the seed of this people may more fully believe his gospel, which shall go forth unto them from the Gentiles. For this people shall be scattered, and shall become a dark, a filthy, and a loathsome people, beyond the description of that which ever hath been amongst us, yea, even that which hath been among the Lamanites, and this because of their unbelief and idolatry. The phrase, quote, because of their unbelief, is from Mark 6.6. 6. The Book of Mormon claims to be the very foundation of the Mormon faith and keystone to the religion. The Book of Mormon clearly states several times throughout its pages that black or dark skin is a curse from God. See 2 Nephi 5.21. In the Book of Mormon narrative, the righteous, hard-working people are white, and the violent and lazy people are black. It teaches that if black people become good, they can become white. See 2 Nephi 36, 3 Nephi 2.14-16. It teaches that it is a sin for black people to mix with white people. See Alma 3, 6-19. It teaches that the goal is to be white, like Jesus. See 3 Nephi 19:25 and 30. On October 7, 1857, recorded in Journal of Discourses, Volume 5, Verse 332, LDS Church President Brigham Young stated, quote, I feel to bless this people, and they are a God-blessed people. Look at them and see the difference from their condition a few years ago. Brethren who have been on missions, can you see any difference in this people from the time you went away until your return? Voices say yes. You can see men and women who are 60 and 70 years of age looking young and handsome, but let them apostatize and they will become gray-haired, wrinkled, and black, just like the devil. End quote. So apostates of Mormonism, beware. It is rather astonishing that any person of color would join the LDS Church. It is equally amazing that any white Mormon would continue to endorse the book as inspired scripture. The Book of Mormon is mistaken. Black or brown or redskin is not now and never was a curse from God. LDS Church President Russell M. Nelson in 2020 said in the wake of the Black Lives Matter movement, Quote, any of us who has prejudice towards another race needs to repent. In that regard, isn't it high time that the Book of Mormon itself repent for being the most racist set of scriptures of any religion in the world? Mormon 5, 16-17 For behold, the Spirit of the Lord hath already ceased to strive with their fathers, and they are without Christ and God in the world, and they are driven about as chaff before the wind. They were once a delightsome people, and they had Christ for their shepherd. Yea, they were led even by God the Father. The words quote by God the Father are in Jude 1.1, 1, 1, Mormon 5.18. 
But now, behold, they are led about by Satan, even as chaff is driven before the wind, or as a vessel is tossed about upon the waves without sail or anchor, or without anything wherewith to steer her. And even as she is, so are they. Verses 19-21 through Mormon reminds the reader once again that the Native Americans will be driven and scattered by the Gentiles, or early settlers of America. But God will remember the covenant he made with the Lamanites' posterity. Verse 22, Mormon reminds all people everywhere that they must repent and come unto Christ. Mormon 5, 23-24 Know ye not that ye are in the hands of God? Know ye not that he hath all power? and at his great command the earth shall be rolled together as a scroll? Therefore repent ye, and humble yourselves before him, lest he shall come out in justice against you, lest a remnant of the seed of Jacob shall go forth among you as a lion, and tear you in pieces, and there is none to deliver. In other words, nothing could stop the spread of the Mormon gospel in the last days. Mormon 6 this chapter takes place about A.D. 385, and Mormon is about 74 years old. We will see the final destruction of the Nephites. Mormon 6, verse 1. And now I finish my record concerning the destruction of my people, the Nephites. Verses 2-5. through five. Mormon wrote an epistle to the king of the Lamanites requesting that both armies meet at Hill Cumorah for one last battle. This hill is near present-day Manchester, New York. Thus, Mormon's people pitched their tents around the hill Cumorah and waited for the Lamanites. This hill was known earlier to the Jaredites as Ramah. Verse 2, in the 1830 edition, page 529, the name of the hill was twice spelled Camera, which was changed in later editions to Cumorah. Mormon 6, verse 6. And it came to pass that when we had gathered in all our people in one to the land of Cumorah, behold, I, Mormon, began to be old and knowing it to be the last struggle of my people, and having been commanded of the Lord that I should not suffer the records which had been handed down by our fathers, which were sacred, to fall into the hands of the Lamanites, for the Lamanites would destroy them. Therefore I made this record out of the plates of Nephi, and hid up in the hill Cumorah all the records which had been entrusted to me by the hand of the Lord, save it were these few plates which I gave unto my son Moroni. Mormon will hide all the Nephite records except for the plates containing his abridgment, which will be entrusted to his son Moroni. These are the gold plates which will eventually be given to Joseph Smith by Moroni. The words, quote, fall into the hands of are in Hebrews 10.31. Verses 7-8. through eight. The Nephites' hearts were filled with terror as they watched the huge Lamanite army march towards them. Verse 7. In the 1830 edition, page 529, it read, quote, the Lamanites are marching towards them. In later editions, the colloquial use of the word A was dropped. The words, quote, fear of death, are in Hebrews 2.15. Mormon 6, verses 9-11. through 11. And it came to pass that they did fall upon my people with the sword, and with the bow, and with the arrow, and with the axe, and with all manner of weapons of war. And it came to pass that my men were hewn down. Yea, even my ten thousand who were with me. And I fell wounded in the midst, and they passed by me, that they did not put an end to my life. And when they had gone through and hewn down all my people, save it were twenty and four of us, 
among whom was my son Moroni. And we, having survived the dead of our people, did behold on the morrow, when the Lamanites had returned unto their camps, from the top of the hill Camorah, the ten thousand of my people, who were hewn down, being led in the front by me. Verses 12-15 through The Lamanites had killed all 230,000 of the Nephite soldiers, 23 groups of 10,000, along with all the women and children. Only Mormon, his son Moroni, and 23 others survived, except for a few soldiers who deserted to the Lamanites. Nearly a quarter million Nephites were killed on Hill Cumorah in a single day by metal swords, which did not exist in the pre-Columbian New World. You would expect, with all those soldiers dying in one place, there would be an abundance of archaeological discoveries proving the battle really did happen. Unfortunately, for the Book of Mormon, there are no human remains or artifacts to support the story. Verse 14. In the 1830 edition, page 530, the name Jonium was misspelled. In later editions, it was changed to Genium. Also, the name Kemeniaha was misspelled and was changed in later editions to Kumaniaha. Verse 15, in the 1830 edition, page 530, it read, quote, A few who had dissented, which was changed in later editions to read, A few who had deserted. Mormon 6, verse 16 through 17. Next, we read of Mormon's heartfelt lament over the loss of his people. And my soul was rent with anguish because of the slain of my people. And I cried, O ye fair ones, how could ye have departed from the ways of the Lord? O ye fair ones, how could ye have rejected that Jesus who stood with open arms to receive you? Does fair ones mean white ones? Verse 18. Behold, if ye had not done this, ye would not have fallen. But behold, ye are fallen, and I mourn your loss. The words, quote, ye are fallen, are in Galatians 5.4, verses 19 through 21. O ye fair sons and daughters, ye fathers and mothers, ye husbands and wives, ye fair ones, how is it that ye could have fallen? But behold... Ye are gone, and my sorrows cannot bring your return. And the day soon cometh that your mortal must put on immortality, and these bodies which are now moldering in corruption must soon become incorruptible bodies. And then ye must stand before the judgment seat of Christ to be judged according to your works. And if it so be that ye are righteous, then are ye blessed with your fathers who have gone before you. The words, quote, mortal must are in 1 Corinthians 15.53, and, quote, put on immortality are in 1 Corinthians 15.45, and, quote, in corruption are in 1 Corinthians 15.42, and, quote, the judgment seat of Christ are in Romans 14.10, Mormon 6.22. Oh, that ye had repented before this great destruction had come upon you, but behold, ye are gone. And the Father, yea, the eternal Father of heaven, knoweth your state, and he doeth with you according to his justice and mercy. This concludes our study for today. Please subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes. You can catch us on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Or you can go to our website at talkingtomormons.com, where you can download this script and learn much more. Until next time, God bless.